Welcome back to another podcast from the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. My name is Ben Dubose, and I'm a staff writer with Codings Pro Magazine and with Materials Performance Magazine. Today, in our latest episode of the Codings Pro interview series, we're chatting with Gary Harvey, General Manager at Wedge Roofing. Wedge, which is based in California, recently became the first five-time winner of the Codings Pro Contractor Awards. So we figured this was a good opportunity to talk to Gary about some of the keys to their success and perhaps you know, pick his brain and perhaps gather some tips and tricks that can be used by other coatings contractors on their projects. Gary, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am well, and uh, thank you very much for having me here today. It is an honor. Yeah, we're glad to have you. I think certainly you've been a longtime supporter of Coatings Pro, which we appreciate. And of course, you're doing great things, which has been independently recognized with the contractor awards year after year. So before we go into some of your keys to success, I think a good place to start, if you could, just give us a little bit of background on both yourself, your career in the industry, as well as wedge roofing and what sort of your niche in the market is. Absolutely, I'd be pleased to. Uh, Wedge roofing was founded in 1976 by Ralph and Jennifer Wedge. Uh, Ralph and Jennifer are still actively involved in the company and uh, and we certainly benefit from that leadership. We're a residential and commercial roofing company. We hold multiple licenses, including roofing, sheet metal, general contracting, insulation, and solar. Our philosophy is that we're able to provide our client all of the services that they would need for the exterior of their building. Although that certainly benefits them from kind of a one-stop shopping approach, it also enables us to to control our work stream, our revenue, and also our quality as there are a lot of ancillary trades that impact our product and we like when possible to be involved in all of them. On a more personal note, I entered the trades a long time ago. Uh, Let's just call that the mid-1980s. Started with a company in Palm Springs. I have been here at Wedge Roofing since 1996. In okay. fact, in one month will be my 25th year. Wow, congratulations. That's pretty great. Thank you. I'm uh, we're, I'm happy to be here. It's a great industry to be in. Um, thank you. Yeah, so how have things changed over, I suppose, your 25 years with Wedge, but I guess it's closer to 35 or so with the industry at large. What are some of the new roofing trends as far as what you're seeing from uh, clients out in the field and what they want or perhaps what they need? I tell you, it's been an incredible progression that I've witnessed over what I call the past 30 plus years because 35 sounds like a long time. Most notably, probably the last decade or even 15 years. And, And from an industry perspective, I sum that up in three words and it's Technology, technology, and technology. Mm. What I refer to as the olden days, I mean, just to give you an example, um, our presentations were done with Polaroid cameras and instant developing pictures. Um, you know, obviously today we're utilizing satellite imagery for measurements, for, for project depiction. Um, in-house, we utilize FAA licensed drone pilots for capturing job site imagery and documentation that way all the way on down to the ubiquitous indispensable smartphone right that takes mm-hmm. pictures and it does infrared and it has quality similar to 35 millimeter camera 
Um, from my perspective, the tools in the toolbox are technology. With regards to our clients' needs and, and trends that way, especially here in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, our clients are probably focused on two things. First and foremost is rooftop solar. Whether you attribute that to the high cost of electricity or whether you attribute that to the potential power outages from the, the wildfire events we've experienced the past several years, which have been devastating. Our clients are looking to capture the sun's energy. Most cases we want to store it and then either use it during the brownout or use it to get us out of some of our top tier uh, electricity rates. So that's probably the main focus and that is that is utilizing all the rooftop areas we can for solar, whether that is mandated by local statutes and, and building codes for new construction or whether it's driven by our clients needs on restorations and replacements. The second one, we have a, a limited geographical area as far as landfills and building space. Mm -hmm. um, and they're focused on, as we are, maximizing the life expectancy of their existing components, whether that's through maintenance, restoration, or even building on a suitable substrate. Um, and again, for me, both of these trends, whether they're driven by consumer desire or by regulatory statutes, um, we believe they're of strong benefit to our environment, specifically within California. There are even pockets, which I happen to be in one, that are even more constricting on the products you're able to use, whether that's the result of VOCs or uh, for solar reflective index, even on residential products. So our little portion of the world is driven by the environment. So one of the things that I noticed looking at your company's bio was that you're a certified green roofing contractor, which certainly is important in the Bay Area. For our audience that might be a little unfamiliar, what specifically does that mean? What are some of the green practices that you all use? So unbeknownst to us, we were a green roofing contractor, I think before there was a label made for it. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> our, our mantra, if you will, has always been to, to maximize the return on what you have. Again, whether that's through maintaining, restoring, in some cases removing, but most of the time building on top of what is there. Um, this approach has a couple of benefits. Um, first and foremost, from the, from the green roofing perspective, our footprint at the landfill, the amount of materials that we dispose is extremely low in comparison to the amount of square footage of, of roofing and waterproofing products we install. Building on that, when we do have materials for the landfill, we have various diversion programs which enables us to separate materials and put them in the appropriate repository for their reuse most of the time, but um, in the times when they do go to the landfill to be put in an appropriate place. We have what's best known most recently as, as a roof to roads program where mm -hmm. asphalt roofing material was ground up and used in, in part of the base material for roads. Something that we're proud of here, um, especially working a lot in the city of San Francisco proper, there's a lot of historical roofing materials. And when those materials are removed and not reinstalled, we take them into inventory, categorize them, and utilize them in upcoming projects and also 
to be used amongst our competitors, quote unquote, so that um, they are repurposed, whether they're by us or somebody else. So aside from the needs from a green perspective, what else is different about jobs during our, or near the Bay Area, I should say? What are some of the unique coding factors that you typically have to consider when you're doing work in that type of environment? So for me, the Bay Area is dominated by and influenced significantly by the weather. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that regardless of what segment of the industry, what title, what role, we all pretty much do the same thing. It's, it's adapting to and understanding the traits common to your area that are important. And here it's weather. It's wet in the morning. It's wet in the afternoon. There's a few hours in between when things are about as perfect as they can get. So it's understanding the substrate, understanding the interaction of your products with the weather, whether that is preemptively protecting the substrate the day before or some period before, so that it is in an acceptable condition when you arrive, then you reveal or unveil it and you're able to expand or extend your working day. Or whether, if that is not possible, depending upon the time of year, selecting a product that has a cure rate um, that works within our narrow window of, of opportunity. So when I talk to contractors about building trust with clients and building a name in their community, one of the questions I typically ask is, okay, how do you secure yourself for a given job? How do you convince a client that you're the right choice? And obviously part of that equation is having the low bid. Certainly cost is important for everyone. I get that. But aside from just coming in with the low bid, what are some of your keys to success when you're trying to build trust with a client or with a general contractor? How do you all at Wedge convince people that you're the best fit for a job? And that's a great question because what it comes down to ultimately is, is a relationship. We're all producing a similar contract document that has words on it. That professionalism and trust begins with the first person that answers our phone. It's the, the quantity of rings before it's answered. It's the information we gather, the time spent on the phone. That goes all the way through to our professional sales staff, our, our mechanics and applicators who do the work. But I will tell you, we are able to compete on price and, and most people are looking initially for price. Right. Price, quality and value oftentimes can be mutually exclusive. We focus on value for the dollar and whether that is life expectancy, whether that is warranty length, whether that is the, the information and educational process that most of our sales staff and estimators help our client get them to the right decision. Um, it's all part of the package, if you will. We have roughly 60 people at our company, give or take, and they're all focused on the same thing, and that's, that's establishing trust, delivering a superb product, but most importantly, that comes from Knowing your craft, being able to convey accurately to your client, whether that's residential, commercial, or industrial, and being believable and not selling on price, but on the benefit of the value of what you're delivering. 
So I teased earlier to the 2021 Contractor Awards, which of course are hosted by Codings Pro and judged by our editorial advisory group, which consists of a lot of key people from the industry at large. It's not just the editorial staff, so it's a really quality recognition. I mentioned that you guys have won five years in a row, which is fantastic. As far as 2021, you all won in the commercial roof category for the Mariners Landing Project, correct? That is correct. Okay, what was memorable about that? For anyone who may have uh, missed the ceremony, shameless plug, you can go to the Codings Pro YouTube page and watch it. But for anyone who missed it, uh, what are some of the innovations that made that work and what really stood out making that a very distinctive project? So for me, I'm a little bit of a of a history buff and, and I and I appreciate a lot of things about the olden days. Mm-hmm. These this area in Sausalito was originally built hastily to support the Liberty ship fleet for World War II. So this this grouping of buildings was just a shell thrown quickly to support the war effort. Now fast forward 70, 80, 85 years. These are now fashionable office space in light industrial space. And how do we bring that shell of a building that had no no thought or consideration um, for energy and comfort? How do we bring it into this century? And that's where the excitement is for us. So this had a traditional tar and gravel roof on it, perfectly flat, arguably even a little bit of of settling through the utilization of multiple licenses, we are able to remove the roofing system, fabricate and install a tapered substrate to provide great drainage, and then install spray polyurethane foam over that, all the while being able to incorporate, I think about 120 or so stanchions for the solar that was Mm, coming after. Um, Our philosophy on solar and and little disclaimer, the solar on there was not ours, but our philosophy is still the same. Generating power from solar is great, but the perfect combination is to save what you're already, what's already there in the building and simply adding to that. So by putting a highly energy efficient roofing system combined with a silicone coating that we expect to probably outlast 25 to 30 years. We think it's a great pairing and and taking that taking that significant structure from the past and bringing it up to the current day. That's kind of where my excitement is in this industry. So I mentioned a couple of times already that you guys have won five times in a row at the contractor awards and as someone on the editorial staff, I can definitely promise that it's not for lack of effort by many other contractors. What is it that allows many of your projects to stand out? I mean, certainly you guys seem to see the value in being recognized by an industry panel, and I'm sure that helps, as we mentioned earlier, with building trust. But what is it when you're going through a job like that that has you all, I suppose, remembered for going the extra mile? What is it that makes you all stand out to where you don't just do a good job, you end up clearly doing an exemplary job because, you know, it's not just us. Clearly, you guys have gotten strong feedback from the clients as well. So what's the keys there? Man, I almost don't want to answer that question because I I think for me it is so simple. We all, in essence, do the same thing. We arrive at a structure. 
we mm-hmm. prepare it, we apply our products, we clean up and leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's those are really only the three things. When when looking for a project submission, what is what is the hook? What is the unique characteristic? What is the challenge? And in 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 that for me lies the success. That is taking the time to explain to the panel, the judge, the industry peers, what was significant about the job. And again, listing out the materials, listing out the tools, listing out the safety, all of that is things we all do. But the hook for me or the draw comes with the unique characteristics. And there are unique characteristics in every job. Um, And in this one, it was that older building. It was the slope. It was the integration of the solar. Again, all things that we all do. It's explaining that that draw, that interest, that unique quality. As a matter of course of action on every job, we document every day's work with hundreds of pictures. So having those kind of before, during, and after Mm -hmm. high resolution pictures, we have anyway, but I would encourage anybody who wishes to do an industry submission, and I will tell you there are great benefits to it, which I'd love to discuss with anybody. Document your, your project, your work, your craft through photographs. So we've talked a lot on the podcast about the technology, specifically materials, equipment that have evolved over your 25 to 35 years in the industry. And clearly that's a big part of success for Wedge and your crews. But the other part, you can have all the technology in the world and it doesn't really matter if your crews aren't trained on how to use it and specifically how to use it, not just efficiently, but safely. So if you could talk about with Wedge, what you all do with regards to safety and training for your crews, the types of procedures you have in place to ensure safe work practices. Because again, we can talk about the technologies, the materials, the equipment all day. And even if you have the right tools and you use it efficiently, it's not gonna matter, at least in terms of being exemplary, which you guys have been, without going the extra mile when it comes to uh, training and safety. So what's sort of your emphasis? How do you guys go about those initiatives? Safety has to be key. It has to be paramount. We can have all of the equipment, all the materials, all the knowledge, but your boots on the ground, your employees are by far your most valuable asset. You spend years to train them, teach them, not just nothing works without a safe, qualified staff. That begins basically with all of my my management staff completing OSHA 30 training. All of my foremen are OSHA 10 certificate holders. We have daily pre-job, what we refer to as tailgate meetings. We have the first person up the ladder to set up, set up equipment or the first person in the lift, whatever that may be. Our foreman is responsible for maintaining, establishing, and overseeing all of the safety requirements on each particular job site, whether that is hanging from a bosun's swing 100 feet up in the air, or whether it's walking on a flat roof surface, or whether it's you know in a tank. Each job site has its own unique challenges with safety. But I'm going to come back to one other thing that I think we do that isn't that common in our industry. Every one of our job sites has a live streaming camera Mm. that oversees the roof. 
oftentimes the foreman may be working, may have his head down or her head down, and may not see a, a potentially dangerous condition that may develop or evolve. We have three trained administrative assistants, all who have their OSHA certificates, who monitor these cameras continuously. In the event that they see a condition possibly developing, we will notify the foreman and make sure kind of a, a heads up over the horizon, if you will. These cameras are not for production quotas. They are not for quality of control. They are simply to assist the job site safety. And for me, that's another technological advancement. And I would be glad kind of ex parte to discuss with whoever would like some specifics of this system, but it uh, it's game changer for me being able to go home at night knowing we have done everything we can to ensure yeah. our most valuable asset safety. Yeah, and I'm sure as a follow up to that, there's going to be some contractors listening and I agree with you in theory, but in practice, of course, there's added cost to having that type of uh, equipment in place on a precautionary basis. I'm assuming the benefit for you guys is that because you have those systems in place as safeguards, you don't fear an event that can potentially, you know, not just derail a given project, but sort of harm your company's reputation for years. I'm guessing the way you all justify it is it's a proactive investment in which you know going in there's not going to be some sort of unfortunate event that sort of hangs over wedge roofing for a long time. Is that sort of the way that you justify it? I mean, that is 100% accurate. I mean, clearly in our industry, it is a dangerous industry. Mm -hmm. Accidents happen. And by putting all of the engineering controls in place that we can see and utilize, we feel we're minimizing that risk mainly to our employees, but certainly to our industry, our reputation, and all of the other components of it. Yes. Yep. Um, also, when we're talking about training, I know we were initially talking about safety in regards to procedures, PPE. Less about safety, but another thing I'm assuming that you guys sort of emphasize through the training process is the importance of surface prep. We mentioned earlier some of the trends in regards to roofing, the new technologies, materials, what have you, but how important is it to emphasize with your crews that, hey, it's not just about the new system you're putting down, but it's also about making sure that the substrate is prepared to where it needs to be for that uh, new technology to perform as it's intended. I mean, old technology, new technology, the house is only as good as a foundation it's built on and mm -hmm. and you couldn't speak a truer a truer thought or truer words that substrate has to be correctly attached it has to be specific type of material to to receive your product it has to have a surface condition ready um and and through through our process of documentation whether those are ir readings moisture readings you know, preparatory steps, photographic documentation, nothing works if the substrate isn't prepared correctly. And uh, and that uh, on most jobs, that is a particular task that is signed off by both the foreman uh, and superintendent on the longer multi-week duration jobs as it is that critical to us. Yep. 
And when I talk to contractors about, well, I suppose it's not just surface prep, but also application phases as well. Many times you're using highly complex and powerful pieces of equipment and you have someone that might be on one end of it. You have another that's operating the machine at the source and sort of the common theme and how I think this ties into uh, safety and training. Certainly you want to use it safely, but also the training, you need these guys, your crews on the job site to work together. And I think some of that comes with experience that you can trust that the guy that's on the other end of the machine is doing what he needs to do. So what it sounds like from looking at Wedge's background, you have a lot of guys in your crews, you know, certainly you have newcomers, but you have a lot of guys that have worked for years and know the importance of, well, obviously teamwork, but also there's trust within the crew that, you know, again, you can work sort of in collaboration and that there's 100% trust that the guy on the other end is going to be holding up his end of the bargain. Talk if you could about how you guys install sort of the teamwork to where when you're doing surface prep, you're doing application, you're using the various technologies when it comes to equipment that your crew is able to pull it off by working together. We have a company philosophy, kind of a see something, say something philosophy. I'm not not concerned if you're the newest person on the crew or the mm. most senior person on the crew. We all have the ability to, to see something um, and have a feeling if it's right or not right. And we want that call to our attention. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of aspects of our trade require what I call the combination uh, of a computer scientist and and an artist. Although a lot of what we do is is artistry in the application, understanding and operating the equipment, a lot of cases requires a degree, in my opinion. Sure. And and each employee brings a different aptitude, a different focus, and a different talent to the group. And it is through fostering each individual's strengths um, that we're able to come up with a great working group. And we encourage that strongly. All right. As we're winding down now with Gary Harvey, General Manager of Wedge Roofing, a five-time winner of the Coding Spur Contractor Awards, I want to do these rapid-fire personal questions for anyone that listens to our podcast here at Coding Spur. We've been doing this the last few months to try and sort of humanize our guests a little bit more and their stories from their time in the codings industry. So Gary, I'll start you with this. We've talked a lot on the podcast about your progression through the industry and then the last few minutes about training for newcomers to your company. What's something that you would say to people that are just entering the industry? They're not even with Wedge yet. They're just getting out of whatever, school or training, whatever the procedures may be, and they're looking to get involved in roofing or in coatings contractors, uh, whatever it may be. What's something you would say to somebody young that's getting into this industry? Um, this, this, my industry and my life philosophy are very similar, and that is pick what you love and do it. Learn all that you can about it, embrace it, understand it, and know that every interaction with somebody is an opportunity to learn something. Mm-hmm. Whether you see a trait that you do not wish to emulate or one that you wish to add as a as an arrow in your quiver, just learn, learn, learn at every opportunity. But be upfront, be honest, be professional, because at the end of the day, you have your reputation and your word. That's all you can control. 
Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. That's sort of, I feel like the priorities in a good way, what you need to do to set yourself up for success. What's a pet peeve to you? What's something that you see at times? I don't want to say you see it at wedge necessarily, but uh, something that, you know, just sort of ticks you off when something in this industry can go wrong. Sure, and and I will tell you I'm guilty of it sometimes too. Um, doing something just because that's how it's always been done. Our industry is evolving so quickly that mm -hmm. something we did maybe 10 years ago is antiquated, outdated. We've learned why we don't do that anymore. And that kind of harkens back to, to just understanding your your craft, your trade, your profession, and constantly learning and reinforcing it. And, uh, and don't do something just because you've always done it that way. Learn about it and evolve. Let's end with something more positive. Who's someone <laughs> when you were when you were in the shoes of an industry newcomer? Who's someone that was a mentor to you that sort of helped you get acquainted in this industry? Can I pick two? Because there's really sure. there's really kind of a demarcation between the two. I have to tell you, my first person that made an impression on me was a gentleman named Richard Winkle out of Palm Springs, California. Mm -hmm. And what did his company teach me? Appearance, cleanliness, attention to detail, and gave me the opportunity to really know this is what I wanted. Yep. Fast, fast forward, I've been alongside, behind, working with Ralph Wedge, president of our corporation, for 25 years. It would be arrogant of me to not name him as, as a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, he's he's given me the ability to take what I think I have as a as a positive ability to jump in, assimilate information quickly, and make a decision. He has tempered that with a, do you have all the information? Has is the information and and circumstances going to change slightly? Why don't we just step back a moment? And that for me has been the, the greatest quality and mentoring I've, I've received from him is that ability to just slow down and think a little bit. We're finishing up with Gary Harvey, General Manager at Wedge Roofing out in the Bay Area of California. Gary, for any of our listeners that might want to learn more about what you guys are doing at Wedge Roofing or just get to know you better specifically, uh, what resources do you guys have available? How can they get in touch and or learn more about Wedge? You may contact me at my email, Gary, G-A-R-Y, at wedgeroofing.com, or you may go to our website, wedgeroofing.com. I will tell you I'm a strong advocate, a strong proponent of building relationships within our industry, whether that's across the country or even direct competitors. Um, I think when we lift one up, right, the whole industry lifts. Yep. So um, I'm a firm believer in helping and giving back to our community. I would welcome the opportunity to interact or answer any questions anyone may have. Yeah, I think that's a great perspective, and hopefully some of our listeners will uh, take you up on that because I think it's pretty clear you guys are doing a lot of good things, and I think you could potentially be a very valuable resource, especially to some uh, newcomers that are trying to get their footing in this industry. Anyway, that's where we will leave things on today's episode. Gary mentioned where you can get in touch with Wedge Roofing. If you want more from us at Codings Pro or at AMP, you can check out the AMP website at ampp.org. And of course, you can visit 
CodingsPro at CodingsProMag.com for all sorts of news related to the protective coatings industry. Also, if you weren't able to see our live awards ceremony from the Corrosion 2021 virtual show, of course, that being the Contractor Awards for CodingsPro, where Wedge is now a five-time winner, you can check those out through our CodingsPro YouTube channel. You can also find it through our website, again, CodingsProMag.com. And if you were an attendee at the conference, you can also view it on demand through the Corrosion virtual platform. With that, we'll sign off. For Gary Harvey, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks as always for listening, and please come back soon for another new podcast from the Codings Pro interview series. Calling all Codings contractors. We have a great resource for you. Codings Pro Magazine provides you with the latest news, trends, and technologies for your coding needs. And the best part? It's completely free to anyone who signs up. Simply visit codingspromag.com slash subscribe. Codings Pro. Know what the pros know.